Welcome to our Tuesday morning chapel. It's wonderful to be together in the house of the Lord. I'd like to begin today with a, uh, a prayer request has been made on behalf of a young man by the name of Nathan Young. He would be a, a nephew of Brian Strom, cousin to the Stroms who are students here, uh, who had a bad accident at work yesterday and lost some fingers. We'd like to have a prayer for him and his recovery. Lord God, our Heavenly Father, we come before you on behalf of your child, Nathan. We pray that you would be with him during these difficult days. Uh, we thank and praise you for sparing him greater injury and also for the, the gifts of modern medicine that have now been put to use to bring him to recovery. Uh, we pray that you would be with him through all of this recovery, and if it is your will, grant him a full and speedy one, and above all, keep him firm in his knowledge of his Savior and his love for you. We ask this all in Christ's saving name. Amen. This week in the church year is often called Good Shepherd Week. And please join me then in a prayer to start our worship on page 155. Page 155 in the front portion of your hymn book. Page 155, we will use collect or prayer number 67 in unison. Lord God, Heavenly Father, out of your fatherly goodness, you have been mindful of us poor, miserable sinners and have given your beloved Son to be our shepherd, not only to nourish us by his word, but also to defend us from sin, death, and the devil. We beseech you, grant us your Holy Spirit, that even as this shepherd knows us and helps us in every affliction, we also may know him, and trusting in him, seek help and comfort in him, from our hearts obey his voice, and obtain eternal salvation. Through the same, your beloved Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one true God, now and forever. Amen.
Our scripture reading for today is the words of our Lord taken from John chapter 10 beginning with verse 14. I am the good shepherd and I know my sheep and am known by my own. As the Father knows me, even so I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring and they will hear my voice And there will be one flock and one shepherd. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. A number of years ago when I was serving a congregation that had a large Christian day school, a large Lutheran school, I was in the work area, kind of by the copy machine, and one of the teachers was there making some copies. We started talking. And I noticed that on, uh, around her neck she had hung a, um, like a microphone. And I said, what are you wearing a microphone for? And she said, well, one of my first grade students, um, who was out at recess at the time, one of my first grade students um, is hard of hearing, and so I have to wear this to amplify that into her hearing. And um, <clears throat> I said, who is it? And she told me, a girl, little girl's name, her name was Martha. And she said, they're right out here on the playground. You could see the kids playing quite a ways away across the parking lot. I said, do you mind if I speak to her in it? And she said, go ahead. So she turned it on, and I said, hello, Martha, this is Pastor Molstead. And all of a sudden, this one little girl out of about 40 kids spins around and starts waving at the church and yelling and smiling. And... Um, I said, are you having fun at recess? And she, way across the way, started nodding her head and waving at me and everything. It was so precious. Nobody else out there, of course, knew what was going on. But that little girl recognized my voice and everything. It made me think about being the role of her pastor and how Jesus talks about about sheep in his care under, under the shepherds that are under Christ and how the pastors really represent the voice of Christ when they're preaching and teaching his word as he has commanded and so on. And um, that, that one little girl out there in that group of all those students uh, recognized that voice and it caused her to spin around and, and notice. That's how the believers are in this world when it comes to the voice of the good shepherd. The unbelieving world pays no attention, doesn't doesn't recognize that at all, but the heart of faith in those sheep that belong to Christ recognize that good shepherd's voice and want to turn toward it and listen to what that voice has to say. And sometimes that voice is not, it's not an audible thing, of course, where Christ speaks out of the sky. He comes to us through his word, through the the word of scripture and where that is taught and where that is preached. Uh, Enough for them 
to sometimes have their conscience pricked and brought back to, to realize what I'm doing is wrong here. This isn't what my Lord wants. This isn't what my Savior wants me to do. That's not how I should be talking or living or what I should be doing with my eyes or my computer. There's a, a voice inside of us based on that word of Christ that, that is part of our memory then, ultimately back to that word from Christ that grabs us and says, you shouldn't be doing that. And it works repentance in the heart of the believer to come back and ask God's forgiveness and also then to have a desire in us to want to follow and listen to that voice. You can see this in the story of Joseph when Joseph was in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife tried to lure him into the bedroom. And he finally said, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? The voice of God in his memory of God's word was enough to make him realize and to keep him and prevent him from going into a situation that would have broken his Lord's word. So, first of all, let's notice the close relationship that Christ has with his sheep through that word of God. It's a very personal uh, and in that way intimate relationship that he has with each one of us. And that's how he is known by us and how he knows us is through that word. And when we're brought into that fold, when we're brought into the flock of belonging to Christ, uh, his sheep are, are drawn to want to be under his care. A great, a great example of this is in a story that happened in 1519 during what's called the Leipzig debate. Now this was a debate where Martin Luther was very early in the Reformation, was debating with, with someone about the authority of the church, whether it should be in the leadership of the church or in the word of God. And during that debate, it lasted for weeks, during that debate, the man he was arguing against, Dr. Johann Eck, his secretary recognized the voice of Christ in Luther's argument. It had nothing to do with Luther. It had to do with the word of God that was in Luther's argument. And as soon as the debate got done, he, he resigned his post and moved to Wittenberg to join that cause. And the reason was because he recognized the voice of Christ in the argument that Dr. Luther was posing. So, Jesus says, I know my sheep. The Greek word there actually means I understand them. It's a word that means to express a loving recognition, a relationship that, that, that's bound up in a fellowship together. When Jesus says, I know my sheep, it doesn't mean he just knows where they are and who they are, but there's a, there's a connection there. And you can see this in so many of the stories that we find in, in Jesus' ministry and things in the New Testament. Think of the, the woman at the well. Jesus knew everything about her life, all the people she had been with before the man she was currently living with. We think of the disabled man at the pool of Bethesda, the paralytic. We think about the, the widowed woman of Nain. Think about the, the, uh, the woman who comes to put money in the alms box. Jesus knew everything about all of these individuals. And likewise, he can read the hearts of people and what is best for them. Think about St. Paul, who apparently was starting to get kind of arrogant in his, in his faith, thinking that God had done so many great things to him. And so God decided, I'm going to humble him. I'm going to give him a thorn in his flesh that's going to cause him trouble and trouble and difficulty in order to humble him. The shepherd knows each sheep individual. He knows the best path to take each of us on in order us, for us to finally reach the shores of heaven. So why do the sheep follow this shepherd? 
because they recognize a voice that is connected to someone who's had such deep devotion for them, such deep dedication to them and their life. Jesus says, I lay down my life for my sheep. That's a deliberate action. His death on the cross to atone for all of your sins was a willful, deliberate, voluntary action on his behalf. In Gethsemane, when, he, when the soldiers came to arrest him, he could easily have hidden in the darkness with his disciples. But when they asked, was Jesus of Nazareth, he stepped forward and he said, I am he. Because he, need, he knew that you needed your sins paid for by holy blood, just like I do. He knew that. And because of that, he stepped forward willfully to lay down his life for you and all humanity. Back in 2012, there was a horrible mass shooting at a theater in Aurora, Colorado. Most of you were probably in grade school at the time. There were 12, 12 young people shot in that theater, 70 who were wounded. A man came in dressed as a joker. It was an opening night of a Batman movie. And during that horrible atrocity, uh, one young man, college-age student, dove on top of a friend um, not a girl he was dating or anything, but dove on top of a friend to protect her from the bullets and took a number of bullets in his own body and ended up going into the hospital, nearly died from his injuries, but he did survive. But afterwards, they were, they were interviewing the woman who was untouched underneath him. And she said, this is now a whole new level of friendship. This is a connection I have to this young man that goes beyond my family uh, connections. That's how the sheep feel about Christ. When you think about what he's done for you, think about what he has spared you from. Think of all the future pain that you and I should have deserved for our sins. And he spared us from that because of his great love that drove him to the cross to take all of God's anger and wrath on himself so that I could stand here today on behalf of God and declare you completely innocent of all sin, forgiven of all sin. So the good shepherd lifts up his eyes and looks beyond his present fold of sheep, his present believers, and he looks for future members of his church. He says, other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they will hear my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. Speaking there of the universal church of believers found all around the world, gathered around God's word and sacrament. It's an interesting uh, account in the book of Acts where God sends St. Paul to the city of Athens in Greece. And he's, he's there a while doing some evangelism work. And Jesus says to him, I have many people in this city. And Paul stays there a year and a half to do the work of evangelism. That's an interesting statement from Christ. I have many people in this city. They need to be found. Here's the amazing thing. This God that has rescued you and me from sin and has given us the promise of everlasting life in heaven, that same God invites us to be part of the rescue effort, invites us to, to take a part in all of this by spreading his wonderful word and inviting people to come and to meet the same good shepherd. Maybe you've had some times in your life where you've helped teach somebody something or you've shown them something or led them in a certain way that really helped and benefited their life, you get some joy and sense of satisfaction out of that. Just think what kind of joy is waiting for the believers in Christ 
who in heaven will get to see eternally the joy that others have, maybe because of an invitation they gave, maybe because of just some reassurance they gave to somebody about, about their sins being forgiven, maybe directing or inviting someone to the gates of heaven through Christ. Just think of the kind of joy that the believers in Christ will be experiencing to have been a part of that, something that brought eternal joy to others. What a blessing it is that our Lord Jesus has made you and me part of the flock of his sheep through his word, given us hearts of faith that listen to that word and love it, and look forward to being in the green pastures of heaven where death can never touch us again. Amen. We continue with the final verses of our hymn.